Oh, hey, 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 Sunday morning. So if you lift, listen to the previous podcast, I kind of forgot everything about it. Of course, I forget all of them. So that's really not new. But, uh, you know, that might, I don't know if that could have been a terrible podcast. I feel guilty about it because I don't remember. And I know I don't remember. My, my memory is, is uh, impacted by the amount of twelfth uh, of never I had, so so this is a few hours later. It is seven ten Sunday morning. It's ninety two degrees out, and if you live in another part of the country, you probably wonder, geez, what this this Mike? He is like is obsessed with the temperature. <laughs> well, we kind of have to live our lives around it around here in Arizona because later today it's going to be 111. So I don't want to be walking the dog when it's 111. Bud's not going to like it either. So that's why we kind of obsess about the, the temperature. And we also have our phone apps, which is great. So you can wake up and say, all right, what is it at? And it's 92. So the low, overnight low was probably a 91, maybe 92. So here we are. The sun's up, it's already hot, and this is the coolest part of the day, so we're going to walk the bud, and we're off. So yeah, I was, I might call this podcast, this episode, Winston Churchill and Brain Cells. So, <clears throat> Winston Churchill's famous for um, enjoying his drinks, and uh, I think it was Lady, there's a uh, dialogue attributed to him, I believe. Um, it may or may have not said it. Sounds, sounds, sounds funny. Sounds like something he would say. It's attributed to him, and and it goes something like this. And you, you may have heard it before, but uh, it's uh, Lady Astor, who must be some royalty or something, right? Lady Astor. Is it a dinner party or social event with uh, Winston Churchill? And Churchill's probably had a lot to drink, and uh, she says to him, "Winston, you're drunk. You're some kind of drunk." And uh, the response, apparently, from uh, Churchill is, "Well, Lady Astor, Lady Astor, you're." very ugly woman and in the morning I'll be sober but in the morning you'll still be ugly <laughs> so something like that so it goes something like that and does it matter like if I get it exactly right you get the idea so. and that that's uh, not to advocate drinking every day and having too much to drink but that it is what it is and I'm not in top form right now, right? Top form, I think that's probably an English expression. But I'm walking the dog. And I actually lost weight yesterday. So I weighed in this morning. And I lost, what was it, four and a half pounds? I mean, so four and a half pounds, that's because I went to the gym. I lifted weights. I ran four miles. I burned a lot of calories. Mostly probably um, water weight. Right, so I lost probably a lot of water, 
but I'm really, I'm kind of jazzed that I'm, my weight's this low. It hasn't been down this far in a while. Now I have to keep going, and I know I uh, really didn't eat much food yesterday, so it was kind of like uh, uh, water and beer only yesterday. So, um, it's probably contributed to the weight loss. So, there you go. And, uh, so that, that's a good thing. It's going the right direction. Brain cells. So that's it. So they, a lot of people say your body, our bodies are regenerating cells all the time. That we're just constantly, um, cells are dying and being replaced, blah, blah, blah. So, but is that true with brain cells? I mean, why would that be different? I don't know. They say drugs and alcohol kill brain cells and it sounds like, well, I'll never get them back again, right? But if... If every other part of your body is uh, replacing the, the uh, cells, I mean, why wouldn't brain cells do the same thing? I don't know. I'm not a, not a doctor, not a biologist, not a genius. But uh, here we are. So, brain cells. And maybe hopefully I killed off, the brain cells I killed off are hopefully the ones that are not helpful, you know, you got to have the love, so like, next time you have a drink and you're worried about killing brain cells, well, just make sure you kill the right ones, <laughs> anyway, Sunday morning, I don't know, is there a dog out there, there's a dog, but it's, yeah, it's hot, it's just, it's August 5th, Oh, September 30th, get here. September September 15th will probably be nice. September anything will probably be nice. So we got three to four weeks of this. Man. Man, oh man. But it's cool. It's all right. That's our thing. We're like a little bit like Australia within the United States because um, we enjoy the months opposite most people so most people don't like their December January February winter months those three months are pretty miserable end of November December January February it's dark and cold and snowy and but we're like we're not on the other side of the equator but we're our weather is as if we were so we're a distant close but distant climate and I think it it does impact our mindset and the way we think. So, you know, just be mindful if you ever meet someone who lives in Arizona that uh, they're a different frame of reference. So we have a very different frame of reference here. And it's uh, all due to the air conditioning. So, Bud, what are you smelling out there, dog? Some bikers are out. It's good. Morning. Hold on, buddy. So, it's a good time to exercise right now. Not too hot. It's a, it's a bit uncomfortable, really. And, uh, 
was my, I just got my first look like, who are you talking to? <laughs> it's a podcast. It's the podcast. Um, yeah. Maybe I should just end these things. I don't know. I got to walk the dog, right? So what am I going to do? Listen to music? Listen to some other podcast? Or be creative? I'm just practicing, folks. This is just just practicing for, I don't know what. A lot of it is just articulating my ideas and getting them out there. Verbalizing them, speaking them, talking through them. There's probably a lot of things that we, I don't really, I don't, probably don't realize them, but there's a lot of people that have got a really nice message and package it well. And, it, and it's probably repetitive to them. It's just, you know, they've, they've probably repeated the same ideas over and over again, and then there's always new people to hear it. So it's always exciting to the new people. But then again, if you have like a really good message or a really fun one, or I was thinking it's kind of like music a little bit. We, we listen to the same songs over and over again. Now we can burn them out or, or listen to a song so much that we don't want to, we're tired of listening to it. And uh, so if, if a message or um, a teaching or even a book or something has some impactful messages in it it's okay to repeat them because you know a couple things you you probably we probably like to have positive impactful messages reminders because our brain will forget them or we'll be in some other place and so it's good to be reminded so that's one two uh other people may not have heard it before maybe the first time so and i that's the music that i you know and there's some interesting songs, inspirational songs, inspirational music. And there's a formula to it. You know, it's like three to three to four minutes is about the right length for whatever reason. And I don't, there's probably, there's, what do they say? There's like four chords in all these songs. And it's just, it's the lyrics. It's the creation. It's the putting it together. It's the, that's what makes a song great. And the artist, of course bringing their skills and what they do to the, to the music. And yeah, I'm basically saying the obvious, but maybe you're listening because you, <laughs> you get a kick out of just hearing someone talk. Like I said, I, I will listen to a podcast while I change the oil in the car. So I'm going to be changing the oil in the car. So I'm going to be there for 45 minutes to an hour, so I might as well listen to what somebody else has to say. And, uh, yeah, most of it's politics. And, uh, kind of interesting. So, the most interesting tweeter exchange I had yesterday was um, somebody ripping on Trump. Which, you know, this country, let's, let's face it, there's 60-some million on both sides, you know. And uh, the Hillary supporters remind me of Chicago Bear fans, you know. A few years ago, 
when they said, hey, well, we led the head-to-head matchups. We beat the Green Bay Packers more than you. You know, uh, we lead the head-to-head. And yet, the Green Bay Packers have 13 championships and the Bears have nine. So it's just a different measure, right? You have these stupid arguments about like, oh, yeah, but we lead the head-to-head or a head-to-head series. And it turns out now, finally, after, since 1932, the Packers are back. So we, we got it. So I need to... Uh, Take it easy here. I got some. Morning. Buddy, come on over. Okay, bud, do you want to go across the street? Some more people walking early. Looks like they might have, I don't know, they must have been just walking. They got a sweat. You can tell in their shirts that they got a sweat, but if they were running, it would be just like drenched, drenched in sweat. Anyway, so back to politics and football. <laughs> so the point being is like right now that for the next four years we're going to hear well two more only two more years maybe only one more uh that oh yeah trump didn't win the popular vote you know like six six million more people in california voted for hillary than for trump so california yeah wow she's a winner in california and like the rest of the country really cares what California thinks, right? And California doesn't really care what the rest of the country thinks, but we're all one big happy family, aren't we? <laughs> so, um, and maybe New York. I think there was like two states he did really well, she did really well in. But uh, yeah, so, the, the latest thing is, or because I follow so-called Christian leaders, and now I'm deciding or I'm, I'm thinking that they're so-called, they're self-appointed Christian leaders, and they, they're from their groups, right? So, like the Southern Baptists have like, quote-unquote, like 15 members, and it makes them feel good, right? Or 15 million members. And I was like, well, we're the largest Protestant denomination in the United States. We're so important, right? So they basically just probably collect um, people that show up in attendance or members. I don't know. They, like some people have talked about cleaning their, their uh, membership roles, right? So you may have a church of like four or five, 600 people, but only 200 people show up. So the 300 other people probably gone on somewhere else and they could care less about telling them like well we're no longer a member of your church right but it's nice for the southern baptists to be able to say they have 15 million members right hey listen that was me at clout and then they have this guy in the ethics and religious liberty uh, council which church payers or whatever tithers givers to church fund this organization for this this clown to pontificate usually uh, democratic socialist kind of crap and uh and it is crap really right and um and what i mean by it's crap is that the, the government isn't going to help people right and it, it's like it's so amazing to me it's it's like a sporting event it's like you're you're not out on the field playing so you're just cheering for a team. It's a losing team. It's a losing situation. It's socialism doesn't work. It's never worked. 
So you're cheering for this crap, and uh, instead of elevating the human condition, you know, elevating how great people are and were made in the image of God, Imago Dei. So the politics is really, you know, the Christians think that they're, some Christians, a lot of them do, think that the democratic way, the socialist way is the way. Social justice warriors, they call it SJWs, what a term. It's just take care of yourself, folks, and, and not be selfish. It's, and it's not a zero-sum game. So the, the, these people, the Bernie Sanders, they, they all think it's a zero-sum game out there. Take from the rich, give to the poor. The stupid, dumb Bernie, dumb. Jobs are created. People get dignified work. People figure out, hey, I've got some value to add. What value can I add to this? People should take pride in themselves, and that's what the conservative view is. It's like, and conservative is just a term, I don't know. It's just that, that bent of people are great. If you want to be with the side that says people are great and awesome and they can do great things, or do you want to be with the side that says, Oh no, you know, 50% of the people just can't take care of themselves because they're just not good enough. You know, what kind of dignity is that in, the, in that? You know, there's no dignity in that. So it's a losing battle probably. And it probably is good that it's a losing battle because then they can be around and we can still talk about them, how they're just kind of lost that way. But when it gets to the Christian part of it is interesting, I noticed yesterday. So this ethics and religious religious liberty committee, he was complaining or thought, you know, like, well, 81% of, of uh, evangelicals or the so-called religious right, which I, I hate grouping people, right? This is all identity, politics, and statistics. And it's just so demeaning to everyone, really. But they don't realize it because it's just convenient. So they just bucket a bunch of people and say, hey, you're, uh, you guys over there, you guys, uh, you guys are called what I call the religious right. And there's like, uh, let's just make it up a number, 20 million of you. Apparently, I'm just going to put you in this category. And what did you do? Well, you voted for Trump. Oh, 80% of them. Oh. How could the religious right vote for this guy? Don't you know that adultery is a sin? You know, and so then they go on and on about how Trump is not <clears throat> holy enough, Christian enough to be, to be chosen, to be the chosen one. <laughs> so, so this is what happens, you know. They, they, uh, the guys that don't like the guy... Um, and being cynical it would be would be the guys that don't like winning, right? The guy. <laughs> if you're tired of winning, we're going to be so sick of winning. So, uh, yeah. So these people don't like the guy, and I, I I'm not praising the guy for his behavior, but that we don't know. It's like there was a choice. It was a binary choice. And going to the failed policies of the past and the, the 1990s and the Clintonistas was just not of interest. I mean, why do we, can't we go forward and do something new? I mean, just, just for the sake of doing something new, 
this is working out to be great. You know, it really upset the apple cart. But there's so many people complaining and complaining and complaining. And the latest one I get a kick out of is, so you get a couple of um, Christian people arguing on Twitter, and they'll say stuff like, well, you Trump supporter Christians, you religious right people, you're such hypocrites. You're the hypocrites. Because you just, you know, the Bible says that, you know, people shouldn't be committing adultery and um, going to prostitutes or whatever. And, you know, you, you, none of you, all eight, the 80% of this million person undefined block of people, the 80% of you that voted for this guy, you know, you guys are hypocrites, right? And I kind of entered the fray on Twitter with somebody on that. And their response to me was pretty comical, I thought. It was kind of like, well, I've been in ministry. I'm an ordained minister, and I've been in ministry for 10 years. Like, you only have 140 characters, dude. I don't care about your credentials. (laughs) So... So the dude is like, I don't know if it's a woman or a guy. I can't remember. It doesn't matter whether it's a woman or a guy. So, uh, and see see how wonderful I am? I don't look for whether it's a woman or a guy and decide whether to slam them or not. I'm an equal opportunity slammer. You know, I respect women. I love the women. And if they're saying something stupid... I'll let them know, just like I would let them know a man. I don't care if a man or woman. So she or he is a 10-year ordained minister. And not only that, they said that they've traveled. Whoa! They've traveled. Wow! Now everything they say has to be more important than what I have to say, right? (laughs) So now we're going to stack up our credentials to see who has the most credentials to be right which is just stupid and a waste of time but I want to, what I wanted to point out was and this is what the big discovery was that um, who's really the hypocrite here right I mean this this is these are ordained minister 10 years who's supposed to be teaching, um, reconciliation, redemption, that there is God actually sent his son and died on the cross, suffered immeasurable uh, amount of agony uh, for us, for everyone, for everyone, and that includes Trump. So the hypocrites are the ones that are upset with Trump and upset with other Christians because they voted for the guy. Obviously, 60-some 60, 60 million people voted for him, and some are uh, claimed to be Christians. So, yeah, some Christians voted for Trump. And, it's not, and, and they, don't just, they just don't get that there's redemption possible and that there's uh, forgiveness and that the, the real message of God is, is all those things. And it's ironic to me that the same people that would go out into the traveling ones, say, oh yeah, we traveled and did 10 years of ministry, you know, they'll, they'll talk to a, 
maybe somebody in Botswana or something and, you know, be in service over there and tell these people all about Jesus, you know, and tell them that they're forgiven, you know. And then they come back to the United States or whatever because they've traveled, right? They've traveled. They know the world better than anybody else, right? And then they get on Twitter and start bitching about Trump. <laughs> like, like the person in Africa, how, what, what does that tell us about that, the, the person's view? They're able to look down on people and have sympathy for the downtrodden, but they can't have sympathy or empathy or have any hope for someone that might have it better off than they do. And I don't know if it's just covetousness and people can't, you know, deal with the fact that Trump has everything and they just sit there and dream about like, oh, well, Trump has a billion dollars. He's got this big mansion in Mar-a-Lago and he's got an airplane, you know. And um, I had to remind my UK colleagues that don't like Trump that Trump's flying around on their Rolls-Royce engines in his Boeing 757 or something or whatever he's got so yeah the queen the queen's people the queen's engineers in Derby have made some great engines for Donald Trump <laughs> which also reminded me that uh there's these some of these UK people pop off on how bad Trump is and stuff, and I just get it. It's 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 annoying, but it's kind of humorous too, because like, look, I don't I don't comment on your crappy politicians, so um, please don't comment on ours, you know. So uh, I real I think the UK the population of the UK is only 55 million. So actually, there are more Trump supporters or people that voted for Trump than live in the UK, okay? So that would be like 100% of the people in the UK voted for Trump. So if I want to pull that crap out on them, a numbers game, and say, look, do you want all the Trump supporters in the US to come over and kick your ass again or what, you know? <laughs> We're... We don't have to come over there and do it. We do it anyways because Pratt & Whitney and GE engines are much better than your Rolls-Royce crap and you lost the contract on the Gulfstream and the Bombardier because you're so dumbasses. Anyway, so sure, I don't know all the facts, but the fact is they did lose the contract. So there you go. Um, what else? What else? bud let's go this way because it's shorter and you're hot maybe you're not so hot because you got looks like your back's all dried off already put some water on them um so there's tweeting politics and religion and we love them everybody so and, and the bottom line i enjoy the little tweets you know 140 characters is pretty fun because you can just you gotta, you gotta be concise, right? And get your zingers in there. It's good practice. And uh, 
And I, I've, I guess I've reached the point where, yeah, I'm not trying to convince anybody of changing their political views. But uh, I just, you should, everyone should question their own. I, you know, right now there's so much winning going on. Um, I don't see a problem with what's going on. So much winning. The, the only thing is this like collusion with Russia, which is like ridiculous, right? And what, I mean, it's just the guys that people just hate the guy. It's just amazing. It's like, dudes, get over it, man. Amazing. And maybe that was like the Obama years, right? I don't want to go back to the Obama years, right? No one wants to go back to that. And I guess the Trump haters would say, well, you hated Obama. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't, I probably didn't care for him. I thought Benghazi was a scam. Like he should have not, Mitt Romney probably should have won the election because Benghazi was such a crap hole shot by Hillary and Obama. And they didn't do anything and let four people get killed. You know, and the, so yeah, 2012, that should have been Romney. Not that I love Romney either, but that was it. And it was 9-11, it was September 11th in Benghazi. The election's two months away. Should have taken him down for failure to protect us from terrorists. And, uh, but no, they spun it. It was all spun, uh, that Rice chick and everybody else, Hillary, blamed it on the video. Some dude went to jail. <laughs> Some dude went to jail for a video. And, uh, and, uh, that's how, how that went. And, uh, so that's, that's scary, actually. I don't really think about it. I don't know. That guy needs to have his story written. Like, he does some video, and it's a scapegoat for an election to put a guy for four more years of power. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, the people now, you got what you asked for, dude. You, you connived, cheated the system, were dishonest, having servers, doing anything. You thought you were powerful, but no, we are, the people have caught on. And back to bringing it full circle, because we're almost to the end here. So the Bears had led the head-to-head for like the last 20 years. So, yeah, so uh, Obama was a great guy for eight years. Yeah, he was just freaking awesome. Oh, man, he's so intelligent. Such a smart guy. Just loved him. Yeah, he's funny. Drop the mic. Boom. You know, he was just so great, Obama, right? But he's gone, dudes. Get over it. It's over. Hillary couldn't beat him. So why do we want a second-rate Obama, right? So go find a new candidate for 2020. And I suspect if things keep going the way they are, and the unemployment rate is still like at 3.9 or below, or even 4.5 and below, that uh, Trump's going to win in 2020, and this time he's going to win the popular vote, okay? So the head-to-head, the old whiny, like, well, we, we won the popular vote. Well, what are you going to say in 2020 when Trump wins the popular vote, right? You heard it first, August 5th, 2018. There's a really good chance. You can go to Vegas right now. Maybe we should go. What are the odds? In Vegas, right now, let's let's go see a bookie, a bookie, that Trump wins the popular vote in 2020. 
I mean, uh, I know it's silly because we don't know what asteroid might hit us tomorrow, right? So I really don't know and I don't care. But in this moment, with the, uh, the information I have right now, which is the best information available at the time, the classic, classic UK excuse for everything, that decision was based on the best information available at the time. So right now, with the best information available, he wins the popular vote. Looking good. Thank you. Yeah, there's, well, we did all the electrical boxes a month ago. Yeah, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. These stand out more, so. <laughs> well, we want those to blend in. We don't want to see them damaged anyway. They're ugly, right? So, How many of these you got? How many poles you got? 12. That's it? Yeah, just 12. the all right. walking paths? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just a little bit at a time. You should but... give people like an over-under when they walk, if they ask to talk to you. Yeah. So they go like, so how many poles do you think are out here? Over, under 10 or something. <laughs> I like where you're going with that. Or maybe you do 15. Yeah. Over, under 15. Because I think people will say over 10 all the time. Over 10. All right, no, I like I, say over, under 15. I like that. <laughs> I like where you're going with that. All right, have a great day. Hi, the guy's laughing over there. He's laughing. You caught that on the podcast. That is probably the highlight. I've heard the oh, one podcast listener loves it when I'm interacting with another dog owner. In this case, it was a pole painter. The dude was uh, painting the poles where we walk, right? So now if I had a few, few beers, I'll see that pole a lot better and not bump into it. Isn't that great? What a great service. America's great, right? See, they just, the guy's like, he's got a skill as a painter. He can do it. He probably can do a lot of stuff. But this development says, hey, let's get these poles painted. They need to be painted. Hire somebody, boom, done. Whereas in East Germany, you know, you got to have the central committee on pole painting to <laughs> decide what to do. And so, like, nothing gets done in East Germany. It's just 40 years, 50 years of that, folks, you know. And they sub-optimized everything. So some people probably had a good, they were able to get their gherkin, gherkin pickles out of the Spreewald. They still canned those Spreewald gherkin and people loved them in East Germany. Oh yeah, these are the best pickles. Yeah, Spreewald pickles. As it, because how do they know if they're the best? They don't get them from anywhere. <laughs> And uh, that's, a, that's a good scene from uh, Goodbye Lenin. Great movie, uh, classic, classic movie. Uh, the boy, young man, his mother's a communist, really loves the Communist Party. He's really fully, she's all in, baby. She's, she's all in on the Communist Party. <laughs> and it was getting a bit dicey there in the late 80s, right? So. Is this uh, communism thing going to keep going or not? But for 40 years, some families had mastered the system. They gamed it. It's a game. It's all a game, pretty much, really. So some families mastered the communist game and they're doing okay. And uh, she, she's out protesting or something and gets hit by a truck and is in a coma. So the storyline is 
she protesting and then she's in a coma for like six months, right? So, so let's say she gets hit by the truck in September and she's in a coma until January, February. But in November, the wall comes down. <laughs> the Berlin Wall comes down. So uh, the son, who's a compassionate guy, thinks his mom's going to freak out, right? Because she's a huge communist supporter and he loves his mother. And so he's trying to protect his poor mom who's, you know, recovering from, recovering from the coma, from under, realizing that, um, that uh, the wall's done, her little communist world is over with. So the, uh, the Spreewald gherkin have disappeared and been replaced by really good pickles from West Germany. <laughs> so he's like freaking out. He's like, I can't, I can't bring West German pickles to my mom because she'll go like, how did we get these? And she'll like, what's going on? And she'll start asking all these questions about like, oh, why do we have these West German pickles or Spanish pickles or French pickles or pickles from somewhere else, right? So he goes in the garbage can and he finds an empty jar of the old Spreewald <laughs> gherkin with the label on it and everything, the uh, East German label. So now he's all set. He can, he can buy the West German, French, American, South America for all we know, Australian, New Zealand pickles and stick them in the Spreewald gherkin jar. And so his mom um, can live in peace for another day without realizing that the wall came down. It's pretty, it's kind of a philosophical movie, really. I mean, I should think about it some more. And it's, uh, it's I mean, it was written and it's funny and it's a comedy, but uh, Goodbye Lenin, great, great movie. Um, highly recommend it. And uh, me, per, I personally kind of, like how showed up five years later, four, four to five years later, actually four. And uh, it was great seeing that uh, changeover. It, it really is the story of the last, certainly 40 years, I think, and, uh, is the fall of the Berlin Wall. It, it's just amazing. And as my uh, German teacher said, she's, she's just astounded by the whole thing that, you know, she never thought that um, reunification could happen without any kind of war, war or anything, or fighting or anything. Because you know how those Germans like to fight, right? So, <laughs> so they had a peaceful settlement of reunification. So they're the one. We should, we have a lot to learn from those folks, right? But instead, in 2018, we're like 30 years behind the times, folks. America, yes. The USA is not number one in philosophical understanding and unity and harmony. We're just not, because we're stu too stupid in our position. Now, those people who I don't agree with, I still love them, right? So I think it was the late Charles Krauthammer said, liberals, well, conservatives think liberals are just wrong, right? They are, they're just, <laughs> it's just, it's just, we think they're wrong. But liberals think conservatives are evil.
And that is the breakdown, folks. In fact, that is a great tweet. If that guy replies to my tweet, I'll go get him with that one. That is an awesome tweety tweet tweet. Bud, let's, uh, I'm going to dip your feet, bud. All right. Do the washing of the feet on Sunday. Oh, your belly is pretty warm, bud. Oh, bud. And then we'll let you in. The air conditioning soon. And, uh, and then we'll probably wash you tonight, today. I don't know. Oh, buds. Let's get those feet, feet cleaned. And wherever you are, you're probably listening on Monday, Tuesday, or during the week, or never. And, uh, yeah, maybe you're never listening. <laughs> In the future, sometime you'll never listen. But, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a recovery podcast, the Winston Churchill Brain Cell Podcast. And, uh, yeah, it's just like Winston said, I'm much sober in the morning. I'm thirsty. I'm dehydrated probably. And uh, we'll have to get out of that in a moment. And uh, so there you go, folks. I will end the podcast and I'm kind of, I don't know, I guess I get energized by doing them. So until next time, whenever it may be, y'all have, y'all, y'all have a great day. And we're into the air conditioning yeah so how'd that coffee turn out